Amazing. Stephen Benkazi, Karzi, Benkazi is with me. And uh, he was a successful New Age teacher who has since dedicated himself to exposing the movement. So it sounds like Stephen is going around exposing the New Age movement now. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. And so you were uh, a New Ager at one time, a New Age teacher. Are you a Christian now? Absolutely, yeah. I've been Christian for about four years now. And were you a Christian before becoming a New Age teacher? No, but I was raised with the Christian worldview. So I had um, the most Christian upbringing of all time, homeschooled under a Christian curriculum, went to Christian private school, in and out of the church my whole life. Um, we used to have church services at my house on, on Sunday, fellowship meetings. Um, there was a while where my parents were exploring Messianic uh, Judaism, and so we would celebrate all the high feast days and keep all the dietary laws together. I had a really, really Christian upbringing, um, and even still, with parents who were flawless Christian parents, I ended up being plucked out of that background and into, into the occult. If they were so flawless, how did that happen to you? It happened because I was, well, ultimately, it's the hardness of heart, the desire for self-sovereignty, right? Romans 1, we, we know God, but we don't acknowledge God. We suppress the truth and unrighteousness. But more specifically, it was the topic of aliens. I was coming across information in my research, in my personal research, that I couldn't reconcile with the Christian worldview, UFO phenomenon, abduction phenomenon, I couldn't reconcile this with six-day creationism or with the exclusivity of Christ or with the atonement. And so I had never heard any Christian address these topics ever, um, never in the church, no Christian in my life ever addressed it. And I thought, okay, maybe the ones who are telling me about this information, a lot of times they're New Agers. When you're researching fringe topics, a lot of these people who are talking about fringe topics are in the New Age movement. And so they were giving me what I thought was the only explanation in town. Were so you that's what... While you were growing up, were you close to your father and mother? I was, yeah, absolutely. So were you raised by both of them? I was. I was raised by both of them. And who were you closest to, your father or your mother? Um, I, I spent much more time with my father. Uh, I, my mother, I might have been, I might have related to her emotionally a little bit more in the sense of we're kind of, we have a, a more similar emotional makeup, but my father spent a lot more time with me because I played uh, competitive hockey. And so we were always traveling together, always going to games, practicing. So even though you traveled and did physical things with your father, you became emotional like your mother? I think so. How did that happen? That's a good question. I think, uh, well, I don't know if I really got shown. I certainly didn't get shown in my culture, uh, a circle of friends, what it meant to be a man. Um, what it meant to be secure in your identity, secure in yourself. So um, did you feel like a woman? No, I didn't feel like a woman, no. If you were emotional, that's a woman's feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. God's emotional. No, he's not. He's not emotional? Not Je at Je all. Well, Jesus wept when uh, Lazarus and uh, his friends were weeping. Jesus says he was deeply moved. About but not time. because he was emotional. It's because he realized that the people couldn't see. Right. So you're saying there's a difference between having emotion and being emotional? Yeah. There's gotcha. a time to weep. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to cry. But 
men who have emotions are women. It's not natural for a man to be that way. But let, so let me ask, if you were close to your parents, why didn't you tell them, and they were Christians, why didn't you tell your father or your mother that you have, you're being seduced by the New Age movement? Um, well, I did. I started sharing some of the information with them and wanted their feedback on it. And um, my mother was like deeply scared and concerned for me, totally petrified because she's like, this is really, really severe. The kind of stuff you're, I'm, I'm talking about like reincarnation. I believe that God is everything. The universe is God. Everything in the universe is God. And um, my father, I don't think he understood the full imp- implications of what I actually believed and what I was actually researching. So you um, told him about it as well, but he didn't quite understand it. Yeah, there oh. wasn't the same the same understanding, the same awareness of where that would actually lead and what the implications of that practice. And, and so was. what is the New Age movement exactly? Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to define because it's an umbrella term. So it refers to basically this mixing pot of pagan beliefs and practices. So paganism refers to really any type of spirituality that deviates from that taught in scripture. But with the New Age movement, it's not just one set of pagan beliefs and practices. It's a culmination of Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, Eastern mysticism, the Kabbalah, Gnosticism, the modern occult. And people are told that they can draw from each of these traditions and pick practices and bits of wisdom as they like subjectively and create a spiritual practice that suits themselves. And that's essentially what the New Age movement is. And within that, within that subjective broad umbrella, there are some staple beliefs, some staple beliefs in the New Age movement as well. And so you had all that going on? Absolutely. Absolutely. At the time you were involved with the New Age movement, did you believe that was a god? I believe that I was God by nature. You really like, believe that you were God? I believe that I was God by nature, by what? virtue of the fact that the universe itself was created out of the being and substance of God. So Christians, we believe creatio ex nihilo, that God created the universe out of nothing. I believe the universe was created out of the being and substance of God. Therefore, I'm divine by nature because God is my essential makeup. And what is it like to live that way with that type of belief? On a very superficial level, it's egoic. It gives you a sense of power, fulfillment. It makes you feel like, I don't know, superior in your understanding. But on a deeper level, you're really an awful God to serve because you don't know anything that you can't already tell yourself. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know all the answers to the big questions in life. You don't know what's on the other side of the veil. You're a pretty limited uh, cognitively limited, emotionally limited being to put all of your investment into and thinking that I am God by nature. And so uh, at the time that you were uh, thinking that, did you know you didn't know those things? Or did you think you knew all those things? At the t- I thought I had all the answers. I thought, and I, and I could argue circles around Christians in my life because, you know, frankly, the church doesn't talk about this issue too much. So if I'm really researched in the occult as I was, weird fringe topics like pyramid technology or quantum consciousness, and I, I could hold the floor because I knew the material. And Christians wouldn't know how to respond because they didn't know the material. And so um, I did think I had all the answers. And I had so much confidence in my worldview that I was willing to base my entire career off of it. Amazing. And so did you turn on your parents at some point? No, I never turned on them, no. 
Did um, they ever accept uh, this New Age movement that you were involved in? No, they didn't ever accept or embrace it. Uh, my dad has an interest in, in cosmology and outer space. It, it was a childhood dream of his to be an astronaut. So we would watch some alien programs uh, together about, like, I don't know, military cover-ups, about UFO phenomenon and stuff like that. Once again, he didn't really understand the implications of what that worldview where that would actually lead us. My mother and I would have debates sometimes, um, but she would, because I would approach her with material, she didn't want to engage with it. She was like, he's lost, he's deceived. I'm going to go pray for him instead. Right. Um, and so she was really, she handled it really well. She was basically a friend to me during that time. Wasn't trying to force anything down my throat or push anything in my face. Right. Um, she got a word from over my life when I was a baby that uh, the, the verse that talks about great will be your children's peace. And so she's like, I don't need to freak out because God already gave me that word. Amazing. My son, so I just need to keep praying. And so at some point, did you feel you were evil on the inside? Yeah, I did. At what, some point, I did feel like I was evil, yeah. And what was that feeling? That feeling was I have done something terribly wrong, not just against other people, but against the God I know exists. And that... That's a weird feeling because so close to your conscience, those hidden recesses in your conscience, it's not just that I've wronged other people and I need to confess is that me and the big man, there's something not okay with us either on the basis of this stuff. Like my conscience bears witness to me that I'm living a double life and a sinful, immoral life, but it also bears witness to me that I'm not on good terms with God, really. And So, so because you were taught about God while growing up, by way of your parents, you knew about him through the Bible and what your parents have said about him, right? And yeah. then you get into this new age thing, and uh, then you get caught up with that. And so you uh, had conflict going on because you knew about the God, have heard about the other God, and you had conflict going on with the new age and the God that you had heard about, right? That's right. And in the New Age movement, Jesus is always talked about. People are always trying to fit Jesus into their worldview. So I had a, a philosophy of who Jesus was, why he came here, how he fit into this whole New Age philosophy that I believed in. And I always had this soft spot in my heart for Christ. And when I looked around the New Age movement, I was like, wait a minute, it seems like everyone has this soft spot for Christ. Why are the New Age teachers always trying to go away, go out of their way to account for the ministry of Jesus. They all have the new understanding of what his real teachings were. Right. Deepak Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, Oprah Winfrey, Russell Brand, you name it. They're all telling us this is what Jesus really meant. The church got it wrong. The Bible got it wrong. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of a red flag. Why are people so obsessed with changing Jesus into someone he clearly wasn't? And so I had to be honest with myself and be like, Jesus, have I actually read the Gospels? No. Have I been self-honest in my pursuit of you? No. And with my brokenness and sin, compiling and compiling, I reached a point where I just, it was a prayer of salvation, if you will, but it was an invitation for the Lord as he is to really invade my life for the first time, rather than me trying to fit him into a box I know he didn't belong in. Those people you just named, do you believe that they're trying to create a new religion? I don't know if they have a conscious intention each morning when they wake up to think, I'm going to create a new religion. I think they are trying to articulate what they believe to be the truth, the best that they know it how articulated, but they're deceived. Um, and in their deception, they are participating in a new religion, 
in a new system of faith and worship that, quite frankly, is dominating the Western world right now. 27% of Americans identify as spiritual but not religious. 40% of Americans meditate at least once a week, according to the Pew Research Center. 36 million Americans practice yoga. It's a $10 billion industry. So they're participating in a new religion. They just don't realize it. Um, so at one time you were, do you know this woman by the name of Marianne Williams, I think? I sure do. And she said, accepting Christ is merely a shift in self-prescription. Prescription. Perception. Yeah. Is that dumb or what? What do you think about that? It's very dumb. But that goes back to the idea that we're all God by nature. Jesus, Jesus is someone who, just like you and me, is the word made flesh. And so Jesus realized he was divine, and he wants us to realize we're divine. So when we realize we're divine and we're in that state of mind, wow, I'm God. God is all. All is God. That's Christ consciousness. That's the mindset Christ had. And so she says, when I'm not operating in fear, Christ is who I am. Christ Amazing. is what remains. That God what a nutcase. <laughs> so, so at one time you were a student of the New Age movement, right? That's right. How did you become a teacher of it? I became a teacher because I was so obsessed with this material and not just the material, but the alleged evidence that supported the material, that I had my little brother's friends approaching me all the time, like multiple times a week, asking me questions about spirituality and about the chakras, about the pineal gland, about astral projection. And I had, all, I had the answers because I had the material. I knew the material. So eventually I created a Facebook page to act as a hub for all my research material um, and posting it for their sake, for my brother's friend's sake. And eventually the page started growing and growing and growing, you know, um, come a year and a little bit later, I have over half a million people following the Facebook page. And around that time is when I launched my website. And I had such a large network of pages around me that we would do share for shares on each other's pages. That by the time I launched my website and I was doing share for shares with these other large Facebook pages, I was getting hundreds of thousands of views a day on my website, making me $40,000, $50,000 a month. Um, my first month, they made over $60,000 just in ad revenue. And I'm 21. I'm working two, three hours a day. And I'm in university for philosophy at the time. And I think this is God blessing me. This is the universe blessing me saying, thank you, Stephen, for waking humanity up to a higher state of consciousness. That's amazing. And so did your brother and his friends become New Agers too? Um, no. So just like you have nominal Christians right. in, uh, or, or, or nominal Muslims. Really What's a nominal, nominal Christian? A nominal Christian, I would say, is someone who just culturally identifies under the banner of being Christian without actually adhering to any, any oh, of the essentials of the faith. Christian in namesake only. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and I see. They don't actually believe anything. Just like kind of people, they identify as being spiritual and with the whole modern spirituality movement, but they don't really <laughs> know what they believe and why. Yeah. They're just trying to find themselves or something. It's some very vague thing. That's usually what happens to people, but I was one who was actually – you know, really, really going for it. I I read that you were rocking sports cars back when you were uh, in the New Age movement. Is that true? Um, it was a sorry excuse for a sports car, but <laughs> it, I, <laughs> I souped it up a little bit. And yeah, I liked it. I thought it was amazing. How um, successful did you become? I beca- Well, I was a guest author on the largest New Age website in the world. Um, my website was one of the largest in the world. Um, I ended up 
you know, buying a house in 2015 that was uh, three quarters of a million dollars, um, 4,000 square feet, and beautiful house. And I was extremely, as far as worldly success, when you're 22 years old, self-employed, I mean, it, you, it doesn't get, you can't really get more successful than I was in a worldly sense. Um, but the problem is whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And I was dead in my trespasses and sins. And the worldly stuff around me was all vanity. It didn't prove, it didn't bear any good fruit in my life. It didn't actually produce any change in me. Neither did my worldview or my practices of lucid dreaming, meditation, mindfulness. I was still the same broken person I always was, except more self-deceived and wicked than ever. Amazing. And so um, did you once tell your father to seek the kingdom of God first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and did yeah, you tell so, him that why you were part of this movement, this new age movement? Yeah, yeah. What made driving, you tell him that? I was well, I was pulling out of my 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 parents' driveway in my uh, sports car, and uh, had just bought a cash, and I thought to myself, "Wow, you know, God is really on my side." I told my dad, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you, as well." And I thought I was pursuing the kingdom, the kingdom being this in the new age of the kingdom of God is an internal state of being, right? Like Jesus says in some translations, the kingdom of God is within you. Yeah, and it is within you, but not the way that they're saying. Not, no, it's peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Right. The Holy Spirit comes through faith. God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. Um, but New Age teachers teach everyone has the kingdom of God within them as this untapped spiritual realm that's waiting to be discovered. Amazing. And I thought because I was awakening myself, enlightening myself, bettering myself, that the universe was giving me resources and finances in abundance so that I could continue on my mission of helping others reach that same state within themselves. So what did your father say when you told him that while pu- driving, leaving, pulling away from the driveway? I don't know. I think he just laughed. Oh, okay. Um, and so laughed. with all the fame and the money and all the success you had, physical uh, success, you still didn't have peace within? No, not even close. I didn't even know what that word meant. I wrote, a, I wrote an ebook called Live Free that was all these practices that were supposed to give you more mental and emotional freedom. It got like 30,000 downloads. And I'm in more bondage than ever. I'm an addict. I'm like, I'm... I don't want to say sociopathic, but my heart is so hard and my conscience is so seared. I was a pathological liar, manipulator, living a double life behind people's backs constantly. Didn't feel anything when I would tell them a lie to their face except excitement that I got away. And you say um, you were an addict? Yeah. Really? And yeah. so um, there's this, um, what they call a starter kit for kids to start witchcraft. Are you familiar with that? I am, yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, that was uh, Sephora. So Sephora is a mainstream makeup company that was so, so close to releasing a, releasing a witchcraft starter kit for little girls. And it angers me just hearing about it because there's a tarot card deck, there's crystals, there's sage, and it's meant to train children in witchcraft. And the only reason they didn't release it is because witches started complaining to the company saying you're making a mockery out of our religion, out of our spiritual practice by kind of reducing it down to this starter kit for kids. You're making a mockery out of our religion. So all the Christian complaints didn't matter to them. What mattered to them was the fact that the witches got upset that they were you know, <laughs> minimizing the significance of their, their spiritual discipline. 
So why do parents allow these things to happen to the children? I think, well, why do Christian parents, secular parents are blind? How about the so, Christian parents? Um, a, a Christian parent, I think if they don't know what the Bible says about these things, first of all, or they feel pressure, social pressure, how will friends in my circle look at me if I don't allow my kid to do that? If I don't allow my kid to dress in a certain way on Halloween, or I don't allow my kid to read certain books or watch certain movies, how will I be treated by my circle of Christian friends who might be more liberal than me? And how will I be treated by other family members? There's peer pressure as well. you know. So are they blind as well? I beg your pardon? Are the Christian parents who allow these things to happen with, the ch- with their children, are they blind? They're, they're blind in the sense that they're operating out of ignorance of how serious this stuff really is and what the end game of these practices and worldviews actually is, right? Like it says in Hosea, God's people perish for a lack of knowledge, a lack of knowledge about him. And we don't know what God says about these things, like Galatians 5.19, sorcery is a work of the flesh, and those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, Revelation 21.8. Those who practice magic arts will have their place in the lake of fire. And these are proof texts that completely override any idea that there's some kind of compatibility between this and the Christian worldview, but Christians aren't aware of that. And so um, uh, being a teacher of this New Age movement, you— Walking down the road one day, and you decided, oh, what? I'm not going to do this anymore? How did you—what caused you to, to decide to turn away from it? First of all, it was my, my need to confess sin that I was hiding, a double life that I was living to the person it related to. That's what reached—brought me to a point where I decided to be a little bit more self-honest with Jesus and give him a chance, realizing I'm actually bankrupt. I'm spiritually, emotionally, mentally bankrupt. I have no idea what I'm doing. I feel like I'm in bondage. I feel like I've been dishonest with everyone around me, including myself. And here's my Christian mother now asking me, are you ready to give your life to the Lord yet? Jesus, if you're real, I want, I want more of you. I want who you are. A few weeks passed by, and I had to confess another round of sin. And that was when I really saw myself in the mirror for the first time. And that was when I fell at the feet of Christ and wept. In repentance, he showed up. I encountered the Lord. I don't know how to describe it. He showed up. He manifested himself to me. And, and so were you afraid of losing all your stuff and your reputation? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was afraid of losing it until I was backed into a corner where freedom and Jesus was more important to me than my reputation and losing my stuff. But here's the thing is that people, they, they aren't able to actually make a real calculated decision weighing the pros and cons because they've never encountered jesus when you encounter jesus you don't care about anything else amazing right jesus says whoever drinks from this well he will never thirst again out of his belly will flow rivers of living water i didn't know he was real like he is and so are you so you decided you know what i'm gonna turn back to jesus and did you make the announcement to the as a teacher to the new age movement i'm turning back to jesus yeah. All and, I made a decision to do was, was fall at his feet. And he made a decision to reveal himself to me. And then I made the decision. I'm repenting online, telling people it's all demonic, all false teaching. I had a conjoined following of about, of about a million people. And then online. these people go after the New Age movement. Did they go after you for, going, for becoming a Christian? Yeah, absolutely. I had some people who were sitting on the fence, like, let's give them time. Let's, it's just a fad. 
And then other people were like, go kill yourself. <laughs> and so, so did you lose all your stuff? I did. Yeah, I lost my stuff because I wasn't pulling in money anymore. I went from you know making $40,000 a month to making zero because my web hosting cost more than my website was bringing in. Then I eventually tanked my site altogether, and I was losing money each month. I was in the red until maybe two and a half years after being in ministry. I'm, I was living at my par- in my parents' basement. I'm still living there uh, doing full-time <laughs> ministry. How old are you? I'm tw- I just turned 27. Oh, and so now you are a Christian. Absolutely. And um, you have perfect peace? I have perfect peace, spiritually speaking. There's circumstantial things in my life that I'm, I'm processing and working through, but there's a backdrop of peace knowing that God has me. It, it depends how you define peace. If you define peace as being full and complete rest at the level of your emotions, that can change in, the, in a matter of one minute with a new circumstance in your life. If, if there's a deep spiritual rest, that goes beyond just a surface level of the emotions. Well, it doesn't change with the circumstance. It changes with the thought of the circumstance. The way if, we interpret it definitely yeah, goes into The that. way if you believe Satan about the circumstance or the situation, then Absolutely. he can interrupt your peace. But let me ask, uh, do you still sin? I still, not as a willful lifestyle, habitual walk. Um, the Bible says whoever does not, whoever uh, can't admit his sin deceives himself. But the Bible also says no one born of God continues making a practice of sinning. So there's a difference between me having... Well, it doesn't say practice. Life. It just said whoever sin and say he is of God is a liar, the truth not in them. Because That's sin right. is... I was referring to First John 3, verses 8 to 11, where it talks about making a, a, a practice. But there's a difference between like unintentional... Sin and premeditated sin, for example. So do you still sin as a Christian? Um, yeah, I do still sin as a Christian. And do you still feel like your mother as a Christian? I, do I still feel like what? Your mother. <laughs> I feel like my mother? <laughs> um, no, I don't feel like my mother. You don't have those emotions? No, I would say I'm, I'm wired a little more emotionally sensitive than I'd like to be, but... So you don't like the fact that you're emotional like that? I don't like the fact that, no. I, there's some emotional healing that, that needs to take place, yeah. So do you believe it's possible to live a life without those emotions? Yeah, I, I, I believe it's possible to live it without those emotions. Lots of people do, but I also believe it's possible to have a... a a way to integrate them into a, a healthier paradigm. Is it best to integrate them or to overcome them? Depends on the emotion. Which do you think? Do you think it's best to integrate them or to overcome them? That's too broad of a question. We'd have to. You have to narrow it down to a certain emotion and a certain. Some need to be overcome. One hundred percent. Some need to be overcome, but. For example, if let's say a, a loved one in my life dies, I can talk about overcoming the grieving process. But if I'm actually just suppressing and repressing emotion and, and mistakenly calling that conquering it, that's going to manifest somewhere else in my life, that built up unforgiveness. That there, so there has to be a time to process things 
Well, there's a time for tears. So if somebody, let's say your dad, God forbid, your father or your mother should aspire. You can shed a few tears for a few moments, but then you move on. So let me ask, do you want to overcome? You say, yes, you want to overcome some of those emotions, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you got to forgive your mother. You become like your mother. (laughs) It's not normal for a man to be emotional. Because of the order of God in Christ, Christ and man, man over woman, woman over children, right? But what has happened is your mother has imposed her nature upon you at a time when you were young and didn't realize what was happening, and you resented her for it, and you become like what you hate or resent or angry at. And your mother couldn't help it, and your father wasn't strong enough to protect you from her. So to stand between you and your mother so she doesn't impose her will upon you, her nature. Forgive your mother. She can help herself. God, will, Don't ask for forgiveness. You forgive her and God will forgive you. And you will overcome your mother's mindset, emotional emotions. And you will become a logic male in the way that God created you. Are you can you forgive your mother for what she did to you? Um. If that's what she did, then yeah, of course. That's all the way you can become like a woman. You have to resent. You become like what you re- you resent. Yeah, I guess I don't. I don't. I don't know if I necessarily think that. Like, I, reading the Psalms, every second or third Psalm is David weeping, and he was a man after God's own heart. Where is David now? Um, David now. Where is David now? Depends on your eschatology, but heaven. I rest my case. But so uh, you um, are you close to your father now? Yeah. Uh, you love your father? I do. Okay. So let me just say, um, now do you still have a, a people following you now that you're a Christian? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And w- what is that like? Um, it's it can be it, it can feel like pressure at times if my focus isn't on the Lord and isn't on the message. Um. I just try and focus on creating the best message, offering as much value and pleasing the Lord with my content. And it's been blessing people. It's been leading people out of the New Age movement. And um, one of the best-selling New Age authors of all time uh, came out of the New Age a few years ago and credited my videos with giving her enough courage to finally come forward publicly about her conversion. So there's been a lot of really good fruit that's been brought forth out of this uh, the ministry God's called me to. And so will you eventually move out of your parents' house? Yes. Yeah. Thank God. So, no, I know. Yeah. No, <laughs> as of about maybe six months ago, it's been realistic for me financially. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, I, I, where are you located? What state are you in? I'm actually in Canada. Oh, in Canada? Yeah. Amazing. Well, I really appreciate you spending time with us, man. Yeah, it was good. It was a good discussion. And how can people get your podcast? Um, I don't have a podcast, but um, I have a YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Stephen Bancars. I have a website, reasonsforjesus.com, and um, a book called The Second Coming of the New Age, uh, which is basically an overview of the New Age movement plus a biblical, philosophical, and historical response. As a Christian, do you believe the kingdom of heaven is in you now? I believe that in one sense, the kingdom of God does reside within us insofar as we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And as Paul says, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. So God's kingdom does indwell us in a spiritual sense. 
um, but that's only that's limited to those who've repented and put their faith in Christ. It's not a it's not a universal applied to all of mankind. And so, do you believe that the kingdom of heaven is within you? Yeah, in one sense, yes. Do you believe that the kingdom of heaven is within you? Yeah, in one sense, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And do you believe Jesus is God or the Absolutely. Son of God? He's God. He's God by nature. He's the Son of God positionally in terms of his role within the Godhead. So economically speaking, we would say he's the Son of God, but ontologically speaking, we would say he's full, he's full deity. The fullness of deity dwells in Christ. Truly God, truly man. Amazing. Thank you so much, Stephen. I really enjoyed talking to you, man. Yeah, it was fun. We have to get you to L.A. and be a part of our, one of our town hall meetings or something. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Thank you, buddy. All right. God bless you. You too. That was Stephen Bancars. Bancars. Check him out, folks. Amazing. And don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and share the Jesse Lee Peterson Radio Show, folks. We really appreciate it. We are at war. It is a spiritual battle for the soul of America. And it's going to take all of us to do it. 